Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, broke down all gas, no brakes with a dope sound. Do this shit in one take. What's the low down? Shotty drop it low. Wow, she don't never keep a low. Welcome to Lawn Chair Sports, everyone. It's your boy and executive producer, Max Costanzo. We got episode five here today. That's not one, not two, not three, not four, but episode five, as LeBron would say. Uh, we got a lot on the plate today, but before we get into it, I uh, want to shout out our boy Hayes for his uh, single, um, Sit Down. But um, let's get right into it. The NBA season starts this week, and um, I want to know, Coach, who are your uh, East and West sleepers? I, I think that the biggest sleeper on the East right now is someone that I I don't know if everyone's overlooking but I don't want to count out the Washington Wizards. I think that Russell Westbrook's going to fit in very nicely there. We're going to see a very big uh, surprise from them. And then I think on the West, I think with Clay Thompson getting hurt, everyone's kind of looking at them going, eh, whatever. Don't count them out. Kelly Oubre is nice. Wiggins is going to have his best year yet. James Wiseman, the rookie, is going to be coming in. I like them. See, I just, I just don't know if you can really count the – you know, the Wizards as a sleeper because they've been such a dominant force in the past and it's just one season where they were off. But I'm looking I'm looking at teams like, you know, maybe Denver who has started to start building up, a, you know, a rapport within the West, but then got cut short and, and here they are going to build back up. I mean, everyone saw the Suns as well on the West um, go 8-0 in the bubble. I thought that was insane. And, you know, the addition of CP3 um, is nice to, you know, their front court and everything. Um, but for me personally in the East, I don't know if you can really consider the Nets a sleeper just because we haven't seen them with KD and with, you know, Kyrie together. And in the past they have been, you know, on the lower tier end of the teams in the East, but you know, if, if we're going to consider them, you know, not a sleeper, I'm going to go with the Hornets, man. I mean, with the addition, like that one. Yeah, yeah, with the addition of Gordon Hayward and, you know, LaMelo balling out like he is, um, I mean, I don't think they're going to go all the way, but I think they're going to, I think they're going to earn themselves yeah. a nice spot in the playoffs. And, and I, we, you want to, you want to hear a bold take from me before Ortega gives us his? What's up? I, I don't think the Nets are it. I don't think they mesh well. I don't think they're, a I bold think. Take. It's a the bold whole, take. The yeah, bold take, bold but take. I don't. Th- I don't. Th- I don't think the chemistry is going to be there with with Kyrie and KD. K- KD's going to lead them as far as he can, but I don't think it works out there. Mike, what's uh, how far do you think they go? I, I mean, they, they're going to be a pretty decent regular season team. It, it's going to be ISO ball throughout the regular season, but that can only get you so far, especially with just two of them. Uh, I can see them. I can see them going to the second round, and then getting taken out by like a heat or, or the Celtics or the Raptors. I would say that the only two teams that would like match up well with them are the Celtics and Milwaukee. I'll That's tell you true. that right now. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think if the heat run into them, that'd be the worst matchup that the <laughs> heat can get in these. It's literally playing against LeBron James and the Lakers again. There you, you have the dominant force in, Kyrie and uh and and KD and then they have size 
Um, so it, it's going to be the exact same nightmare that we went through in the finals. Uh, you want you want to hear sleepers? I'll tell you right now. Atlanta Hawks are the sleeper I, in the East. I'm so I glad. Had, I had them that. on my list as well. So glad Al- Atlanta Hawks. I I again I see them like you know coming in at an eight seed, maybe a seven seed coming into the playoffs. They're going to be nice. Um, I don't think they have it to get past the first round, but they're going to mm-hmm. give a good, you know, run they're, for their money. They're a good two years so, away, but yes, for sure. Yeah, they're, 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 they're the sleeper team. I, I got a lot of faith in them. I like that team. I like Trey Young. I like a lot of the pieces that they have on that team. And they're young, so it's like you're excited to see them. Shout out to FGC alum Brandon Goodwin. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's, we go. he's on Atlanta there. He's backing mm-hmm. up uh, Trey. His hometown. Yeah. All right, so who you got in the West then? The West, Max actually called them out. I think it's the Suns. You have okay. Okay. You, you you have the addition of CP3. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take, you know, all the young cats under his wings. He's gonna be very, very yeah. you know, like like let's get you guys to the next level. I don't see them, you know, being past like an eight or a seven seed as well. The West, you know, people are saying the East are getting is getting a lot tougher, but the West, the West is still, is still really deep. And yeah. the Golden State's still gonna be around. Uh, Golden State actually wants to like blow up their whole team to try to get um, Harden. I think that was another trade rumor going around now. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we're talking about uh, these trade rumors, did you hear what Houston wanted for 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 the Miami Heat or from the Miami Heat for Harden? I'm, I'm sure it was everything. They, I, they wanted the re- they wanted yeah, the table. The report just came out. They wanted Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. Yeah, they wanted the farm. They weren't getting the farm. Are you kidding me? Yeah, buddy, they're, the they're they're smoking some good stuff over there. They're smoking some good stuff because they ain't getting all three. Definitely not getting Bam. No, that's not getting Hero. I'll give you Duncan. Like, like if they were gonna say, "All right, give me Hero and you know somebody else," you'd be like, "All right, we're keeping Duncan Robinson, Bam, all you know, we still have the pieces." Or if they say, "Give me Duncan Robinson and like." you know, and, and Kendrick Nunn or something. And you're like, all right, well, that's, you know, we're losing some good, you know, pieces, but yeah. they're not with a trade like, the team. With a trade like that, you got to give, you got to give a bunch of draft capital though, too. And even, no, I'm yeah, sure they yeah, even, yeah. I'm sure even on top of those three guys that you just mentioned that they wanted, they wanted, they wanted a first lot. round picks, like two, three they, first round picks. Yeah, they wanted it all. And you're not going to get the, that. The problem is, and why they have the leverage, is that the Sixers are now offering Ben Simmons and two first-round picks. Give him up. Plus, you know, a nobody. So they're they're offering pretty much their second-best player yeah. and potential, you know, two first-round picks. So they have the leverage. I think Houston now, because the Sixers announced it, that they're willing to trade Ben Simmons, they're feeling like, all right, well, we can ask for whatever we want. And I think, if, I think that's if, a big if the Sixers didn't say anything. What's up? What would you say, Max? I think it's a big turn of events for Philly to give up Ben Simmons. I mean, he's starting to give up on the process. He's starting to improve. He's starting to, you know, really yeah. show the potential that he's had um, to give that up is almost like in, in my book, at least, you know, giving up a Tyler hero. I mean, I, I wouldn't, thing- do, I wouldn't do it per se, but I understand that you're giving it up for James Harden, you know, someone who's won the scoring title yeah. you know, X amount of times. I just, I it just, just sounds so my, Go, go ahead. I'm gonna say I'll, that, I'll, that, I'll say my piece. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say that that sounds more like what if, if that were to happen, they were to go get Ben Simmons for, for Harden. That team's going to sound like the, a, a better version of the shitty, shitty Cavaliers right now because they've got two point guards running, point guard and shooting guard over in Cleveland. 
and they're gonna have two point guards in in Houston now with Ben Simmons and John Wall, two guys who still can't shoot. So my 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 take on Ben Simmons, and and this is a this is a bold take, like Coach says, this is a bold take. Yo, bold predictions, baby. Think, That's all I'm here for. I don't think I don't think Ben Simmons is all that. Uh, he's not. He's it. trash. He's trash. Lamelo balls. He, honestly, Lamelo balls. Honestly, played, <laughs> Lamelo balls played five preseason games, and he's already going to be a better passer. Besides, besides him being six ten, I think, or six nine, almost six yeah. ten, and being you know dominant, he could be dominant when he wants, and he's gaining you know a little bit better a shot. You've given him what five seasons already. Yeah, so you're giving him five just, seasons to make a three pointer. Yeah, and 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 the biggest the biggest problem is Joel Embiid doesn't have that many years left. He's mm-hmm. a big guy. He has. You know, he's going to already he, had injury problems. Yes, he already hit the peak or is about to hit the peak for his career. And Ben Simmons isn't going to take him further. So if I'm the Sixers, I'm looking, yo, Joel Embiid got two more years that that he's going to be just a dominant force in the league. Let's get him the, the you know, third or fourth best player, offensive player in the league. Facts. And well, I, I don't see a problem with it just because I don't like Ben Simmons. I really don't think he's a cornerstone on any team. And, and I think I think that Philly is starting to realize that they overpaid last summer. Um, mm-hmm. They gave him that five-year, $170 million extension. I mean, you know, it, it just wasn't worth it. I mean, we've seen we've seen a couple people get, you know, what I think is overpaid. And, and this is a kind of a segment I wanted to bring into that we haven't spoke about. Mm-hmm. But um, Gordon Hayward's contract is, is, I feel like, almost comparable to, to this Ben Simmons one with you know, Charlotte paying him up. It was like the max contract or max or super max contract over there in, in Charlotte. Yeah, I, I think it was one forty or something like that. It was it was it was a, it was a big number for a guy yeah. that's always hurt. Yeah, you know, it's it. There hasn't been enough to really prove his his worth um, over there in, in Philly. So I think they're just trying to get out of that, and I think it's you know comparable to to that of James Harden's, but. Mm-hmm. Um, going off of, you know, young stars, I want to go into, um, what is, you know, more impressive is that Anthony Edwards walking up Luca, where we saw those, uh, back-to-back series of turnovers from Luca on Anthony Edwards, or are we looking at, you know, LaMelo's passing ability and his explosiveness and that he brings to, uh, to Charlotte? I'll go first. I, I'm going to tell you right now, Anthony's Anthony Edwards is going to be the best rookie this season hands down that is I, said it when, I said it when they were, when they were drafting him he just he looks really good he just looks so good he looks like somebody's been playing for like two three years already in the nba to, um, uh, is he going to be is he going to be the best player to come out of this class i don't know i really i really haven't seen wiseman i really haven't seen Lamelo enough like he could i i think he's going to be the best rookie this year i don't think he's going to be you know the next coming of Dwayne wade like everybody's saying but Mm. he just looks really dominant he looks really dominant on the defensive end and he looks really dominant and it's comfortable with the ball without the ball and that's where I see some of these other rookies I I don't see which way they're going but I'm really excited to see like Anthony Edwards and 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 LaMelo Ball like just meet up you know and and because Anthony Edwards has been talking trash to everybody yeah yeah, so yeah, I want to see. I want to see these matchups. Sports, That's one of the greatest things about sports. Oh yeah. Utah. I I I'm gonna be honest. I'm so excited for the NBA season this year. Oh, uh, I I don't I, think I'm so excited. I don't think I've been this excited for the NBA season in quite a few years. It's it's kind of interesting. I'm very excited for it. I don't know why, but I am very excited about it. But I 
And I agree with you. Anthony Edwards may end up being the best player out of this class this year. He might win rookie of the year. But I got to say that because of what I said on the first episode when we were talking about the draft and who I think is going to be the best, uh, LaMelo Ball, I'm sticking with my word here, Melo Ball is looking like magic-esque with those uh, with those those passes, man. That no-look, full-court across-the-body pass, ooh, dirty, so dirty, and we're going to continue to see it. His shot's not quite there. He He's showing inconsistency, but that's going to change with a few years, especially being with one of the goats of scoring, Michael Jordan, as your owner. I'm excited to see LaMelo. I'm going to be honest, but Michael Jordan is not the best mentor when it comes down to, to, to bringing up young talent. Like You, and you, have, to be, you have to have a certain mentality. You have to have a certain mentality. All of them. Bring, let's bring back Kwame Brown into the episodes. Uh, you know, he's not the best. He's not the best, obviously. You got to have a certain mentality. But I feel like we've LaMelo's been in the spotlight so much, we kind of know his his personality, and I think I think it's going to work. I think uh, – I think- I think between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo and some of these other rookies, I think it's going to be a tight, you know, rookie of the year race. Um, kind of like how we felt with John Morant and, you know, um, Zion. Zion. But when it comes to these like magic-esque passes and, and stuff like that we're, that we're seeing from LaMelo, I mean, I would expect – not. I'm not expecting those passes from LaMelo, but I'm expecting a better outcome since he went the G league route, he's had that experience yeah. playing somewhat of a pro league ball and yeah, playing know? overseas and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. So, so to me, you know, Anthony Edwards, we, like you said, Mike, we knew it coming into the draft that he was going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with. I mean, for me, it's, it's a toss up, but I think I'm actually going to flip my take on this. The more I think about it, I'm going to go Anthony Edwards locking up Luca because Luca is such a dominant force to really handle but LaMelo in passing, that's something you can perfect over the years. When you first meet Luca, you know, to be able to, to, not, to lock him down like that just on the spot is, is what I feel like is more impressive to me. Well, we'll see what happens. They got a quite, quite a few yep. more matchups during the regular season. I really thought you were going to finally side with me on something for once. I, I, thought, I thought he was going to go with somebody completely different, knowing yeah. he's a homer with the heat. Yeah. <laughs> he going to go with Precious. <laughs> Precious is gonna come out and be like, "Yo, that's gonna be the rookie of the year." Yeah, right, right there. You know, he looks he looks dominant, bro. He he just, I thought he had more handle. I don't know, maybe he's just scared, but he looks dominant. He dunked, he posterized like two people during the preseason. I so, so, yeah, he's he's doing work, but I don't think he's gonna be a cornerstone like Lamelo will be with the Hornets, or you know, like Anthony Edwards is gonna be. I I think that he's gonna be a great position within the heat and a great like you know key defender but i don't think he's going to have the impact that these two have with their individual teams just can we talk about kz on the heat i don't know if you guys watched the last preseason game but kv showed up i can't kick him out of nowhere he showed up he's like i lost myself he's he's words i lost myself He's putting in the work, and that's all that, like, is really mattering. Like I said, all these young stars are coming up out of nowhere. And I, I think it's just the evolution of the game, honestly. Like, you know, as the years go on, the, the talent gets tougher and tougher and tougher to compete with. I mean, we've seen it. That's true. So. I think I think it's just really, like, and, and you have something going, like, it's the developmental, like, 
growth of basketball. Like back in the day, yeah, there was really good players and there was there was a handful of guys, but I feel like college schemes and like these kids going to like, you know, the G League or or going like the travel teams and eight and um we call those travel teams like the high school AAU. teams. AAU and 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 there's just different developmental skills going on right now. Nice. And you just see these kids coming out of nowhere. Like KZ was like, he had an interview on, it wasn't Dan Levitard. I, I, I want to say, and this shout out to, to Miami radio station. Um, I think it was Hockman and, and Crowder. And he honestly said that he was like disappointed. He wasn't able to play last season. Like he wanted to play. He, he wanted to, he wanted to put in, you know, all the work and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the, the fact that they're giving him the opportunity it's just showing that there's there's a whole like regime out there that are just training these kids up and they're just going to be coming out of nowhere in the future. Um, so I think I think basketball is a really good place. I, I have a feeling like basketball for the next 10 years, I was scared once LeBron and KD retire, like what's going to happen to the sport. And yeah. I think the sport's only getting better. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. And, and to build off of what you were saying with with this young talent just being a new wave. Um, has anyone seen Tiger Woods and his son, Charlie? Um, these, these iconic pictures that I feel like were just posted. Um, if they're not iconic right now, they'll be iconic in the future um, by ESPN. And they'll be iconic in 10 years when, when Charlie wins his first green jacket. Yeah. Dude, Charlie is, is learning from, you know, arguably one of the greatest golfers of all time, if not the greatest golfer of all time, you know, minus Tiger's, uh, off the uh you know green issue I off the green I'm not yeah. sure I'm not sure who's more excited right now about Charlie Woods Tiger or golf in general because golf has been kind of declining ever since Tiger Woods has fallen off he started making a comeback everyone started paying attention again to golf Charlie's going to be I think Charlie's going to be that guy that brings everything going back into the into the sport of golf and he's going to win a lot of jackets this kid, I mean, I don't know if you saw some of these these hits, but he was hitting 174 yards four feet away from the pin to hit an eagle at 11. He was showing the, up. The apple dad. doesn't the apple doesn't fall far too from, far from the tree, yeah. for sure on that one. But can and again, we're let's just talk about golf for a second. Can golf really last six years until this kid's in the in the you know in the PGA Tour? There's a lot you of know, like that. It, it it's just scary. Like Bruce Kafka yeah. is not carrying the PGA Tour yeah. like Tiger no. Woods did or Phil think, Mickelson did. I, I think that it's it's a very competitive field right now, especially with an old Tiger in the field. You've got a Royal Rory McIlroy, you've got Jordan Spieth, you've got Dustin Johnson, you've got uh you've got Rick, you've got you've got all these guys. You got Bubba Watson. I I think it can hold off for a few more years until Charlie's ready. I think it's going to make it, and then and then Charlie's going to take over. We're well, going to see a huge force take this this thing over. Well, well, this weekend, this weekend at the PNC Championship out in Orlando, um, you know, all this hype is is around Charlie and, and Tiger, but you know, they did they did finish in seventh place, um, but it's only because it's this is the first time we've really seen or, or heard about Charlie really playing, honestly. Facts. Yeah, and nobody, nobody knew Tiger Woods had a kid. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they knew they had kids. I think he knew they knew that he had a kid. I just don't think they knew how good he was at golf. Exactly. Well, he's, he was eleven, so I'm sure people weren't watching him. 
right until yeah, they made an appearance so this is this is again and, and it goes to like the same thing because i saw i saw the post from uh espn and you have uh like lebron and, and Bronny. you know lebron saying that he wants to stay in the nba until Bronny makes it and and you know Bronny and, and him are training on the off season so imagine how good that kid's gonna be and then you have serena williams and her daughter and you know <laughs> you want to no. talk about one of the greatest of all time like but but we can't but we can't get ahead of ourselves and start calling Charlie like you know the next coming of God when it comes to golf because we've seen like you said we've seen multiple athletes and their children but you know look at Michael Jordan and his children his 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 sons didn't turn out to be anywhere near you know a league great or anything like that yeah. I mean at, what happened point yeah but know, I mean at at the same time though. We watched his kids play. They weren't they weren't as good as Michael. This kid is this kid is phenomenal. This kid is a phenomenal golfer. It's incredible to watch this guy in his swing. Exactly. And and, and you've, only, saw- you've only seen him once though. You know, hey, like, like, yeah, I, I get it. You know what? It's like watching a, it's like watching a true freshman quarterback come in and take the take the world by storm in a national championship game. Shout out to her. But like you're gonna find the flaws the more that you watch him play and everything like that. I just, I'm telling you right now, at 11 years old, you're watching this kid. You're seeing him hit the ball like that. You're seeing, you're seeing the things that he's doing, are stuff that we were watching Tiger Woods do 15, 20 years ago. I mean, I wasn't watching it. Ortega might have been because I was only five. But <laughs> um, it's, this is the type of stuff that rev- puts a puts a new vibe into a into a sport. You but know? what I what I also think is is what really made this whole thing, you know, Charlie's, you know, I guess first coming out, um, you know, party is is how special the bond is between him and Tiger. I mean, yes, it's son father duo, but the similarities and the excitement that those two brought with their bond was unreal. I mean, Tiger always has that fist pump mentality where you know when he hits that shot, he's just like throwing it up there and. And we saw the we same saw thing Charlie. We saw, it. we saw the same thing with the, the shooter McGavin. Yes, sir. Yep. Gives him the a little bang. <laughs> yeah. No, so I mean, but, I uh, I really do like Charlie. Um, you know, I, I think that we we might have something special on our hands, but I, I think it really is too early to say. You know, he is the future of golf. Um, no, I, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, the only one out of all the kids that we just spoke of that you can say is going to be the future is of any sport is Bronny. Cause that kid's a fucking beast. I don't know. There's a lot of people to, to keep the league up. You know, there's yeah. always going to be someone new. Like I said, sports, sports is, is a great thing um, because there's always new and fresh talent coming along. And, and I think that's what makes it exciting is, you know, you're never scared of, of whether something's going to die down. I know we said that we were scared, you know, once Katie and LeBron, but, yeah, like we have to give faith into these new generations, and that's not just with sports echoes and everything else. But like nice. I said, these these young kids are are something to watch for. Um, but you know, the future of sports is definitely exciting. Uh, but with that being said, what's also exciting is our next beer that we're gonna have. So we're about to take a beer thirty, and uh, we'll be right back. 
All right, y'all. Welcome back to Lawn Chair Sports. And before we get into our next topic, I just got to ask, since we're getting right around to the holiday season, Ortega, what's your favorite holiday tradition going into Christmas? Oh, bro, you know me. I'm Cuban, man. You can't be throwing that at me. It's always about cooking the pig. Come on, so it ran out the 24th. I already got the pig, like, picked out. We're going to go pick it up on the 23rd at 9 a.m. in the morning. At by 11 o'clock, that bad boy, or girl in this case, is going to be hanging. So she nice. defrosts. And then we, you know, then, then we're just, we're, we're, we're stuffing her with all the moho and mojo you can think of. And then the 24th is an all-day pig roast, man. We start early drinking coquito, smoking cigars, playing dominoes all day. And by 7 o'clock, we're all sitting around eating, you know, delicious pig and all the Cuban foods you can think of. Noche Buena is like the biggest Cuban holiday, bro. So I don't, know I, about, is- I don't know about you, Max, but, you know, the, the Cuban just comes out of me when it comes down to Noche Buena. I mean, for me, for me, it's definitely Noche Buena. Like, I, unfortunately, my Hispanic side doesn't do the pig roast. Um, and I wish we did because, you know, I love to get more into the cultural aspect of things. But. Noche Buena is definitely, definitely the thing for me that does it. Um, celebrating on Christmas Eve to me is a lot more fun and a lot better than, than Christmas Day because, you know, Christmas Day, you go to church, you have all that. But, but Noche Buena is, is where the party's at. I mean, I just love being able to pig out, you know, have that family time and, and really just get in touch with, you know, my Hispanic side. That's, that's just where I'm at. So what I'm hearing is I'm getting an invite this year, right? Um, well, you're all the way in West Palm now, bro. It's I'm, I'm, difficult to I'm get right to down the road now. I'm technically right down the road and right down the road compared to where I usually am. Might as well be in Tallahassee. Oh wow. Okay. Well, my, <laughs> mine's mine's been. Uh, I've got a pretty morbid. It's sad, but it's good at the same time. Like my my grandmother died on my mom's side about five years ago, and ever since then, my mom has never wanted to stay in town for Christmas. So every year now, we've been going somewhere new. Uh, with COVID, it's kind of hard, but they're trying to get us to go to Nashville this year. Nice. I love to travel. So, like, if there's no restrictions over there, I'm all about it. Like, I'm going to go get fucked up in Nashville. I love the drink, and I love the party on Christmas. So, that's that's mine. But talking about parties, talking about parties and bowls, we got college football, baby. We finally know who's going to be playing in these games, who's in the playoffs this year. It's a little bit of a twist, a little bit not. Uh, we've got Alabama versus Notre Dame. Shocker. Uh, Blow and, up. And then, <laughs> we'll get to that. And then we've got a rematch from last year's semifinal matchup between Clemson and Ohio State. Better matchup. Oh, damn. I thought you were going to say blowout, too. <laughs> it's going to be a blowout. We, I've, already, I've already mentioned it like yeah. two weeks in a row that there's only two teams this year that deserve to be in the playoffs. But yeah, I'm, Notre, Notre Dame got shown up, and I just yes, have a feeling Ohio, Ohio State is going to try to play as hard as they can. I don't think they have enough. I don't think Justin Field is that great. Um, One thing I want to point out, too, is if you look going. back to last year's game between Oklahoma, uh, between Ohio State and Clemson – wow, wow, I'm losing it – between Ohio State and Clemson is that Ohio State was burning Clemson that whole first half with the running game. And it wasn't until Trevor Lawrence changed the momentum, but not just that Ryan day started passing the ball more with Justin Fields. And, and we saw less of JK Dobbins throughout that game. And it really just changed 
how that game was going to turn out to be because and there was one point where I was I was all about Clemson. I thought that was going to be a blowout game. And at one point in the first quarter, I go, holy shit, this might not even be close. You yeah. know? And I think I think if Ryan Day learned his lesson, we might see something different. But I don't really trust uh, Master Teague and Sermon. I trust the greatest quarterback of college football since Andrew Luck and John Elway. But they- I, I have to add in that, like, you know, these are, these are great matchups that we have in, in the, you know, I guess in the playoffs. But – it really shows that these playoffs are only meant for the power five teams. Because um, there, there are snubs. There are snubs. I, I mean, I personally think there's snubs. Or, or yeah. if I'm being honest, I think they should be expanded. The playoffs should be expanded. It shouldn't be a I, 14 playoff. Like, like I said last week, I think this, this year with COVID and everything happening and the lack of some teams playing a full schedule, it was the perfect year to do a trial run of an 18 playoff, get Oklahoma in, Get Texas A&M in, get that non-power five but a power six team in the AAC of Cincinnati into the playoffs. Fuck, put fucking Florida back in. I want to see them play somebody. I want to see them upset Ohio State real quick because I, I think, think they, Ohio I State. I think they would. I think I, I think, think so. they would. I think Ohio I, State would lose, would lose to Texas A&M. I Hands I want to see it. I want to see down. it. So who do you who do you guys think? And I guess we'll start with coaches. Who's who do you have as the biggest snub of these college playoffs? I think it's because I'm going to go back to what happened in 2017 as well with uh, with UCF beating Auburn in their bowl game. That was a big that was a big upset, and you know UCF has a banner in their whole, whole stadium saying 2017 national champions or whatever. I think it's Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is the biggest snub here. Oklahoma was a two-loss team with uh yes they won the big 12 championship but it, it was a two-loss team they I, no two-loss team has ever made it into the playoffs and AM, they didn't play in their game in their conference championship game so i'm not a big fan of that but they i, I think that they would probably be better than notre dame i mean well, just and just personally just me being biased sorry to cut you off mike but no no you're good dude but just just me being biased and, and having that Florida State tie, I think Texas A&M is the biggest snub here. Um, I mean, you can't really put the blame on them not playing in their conference championship because they didn't they didn't get to make that. They didn't get to, you know what I mean? That was that was all right. Well, you know, the the ACC. I'm sorry, I'm gonna cu- I'm not gonna even let Michael talk here. I'm sorry, real quick. But the I'm AC- just gonna I'm gonna go take a five minute break. I'm back. <laughs> just let me know when you're done. I'll go get a McRib with Carlos. Over there. I had I had one this week. Not impressed either. Uh, but it's not it's it's about the sauce. That's all the sauce. Is. I like I do like I do like you, the barbecue sauce at McDonald's. Yes, that's that, that's the whole the whole reason yes. you get it. You get a whole burger full of sauce. If, if we go into sauce talks, I'm not gonna. I'm oh not. God, here we go. No, we're not doing. We're we not go. doing a white white sauce. I'm not even white. I'm I'm a big. I'm a big. I'm a barbecue sauce connoisseur. But you I'm are. You are. Like I have to buy you that. I have to do. I do have to buy you that barbecue sauce. I. Puyon's barbecue sauce. If here's my shameless plug. If anyone wants the best barbecue sauce they've ever tried, go online, find Joe's barbecue sauce from Kansas City. And buy that stuff. I just bought a 12 pack a couple months ago, 12 bottles for like 75 bucks. Had it shipped down to Florida. And guess what? I only got one bottle left. I'm a complete. Thanks for sharing. But thanks for sharing. A lot of money for barbecues. Yeah, right. But, anyways, so going back to what I was about to say is the ACC is the only big conference who did a uh, no divisional uh, system where it was one through 12. 
SEC still had their divisions. Pac-12s kept their divisions. The Big 12 always doesn't have – they don't have a division anyway. Big 10 kept their divisions. I think if we saw oh, – I, I think, I know, if we would have saw SEC do a one conference or one division, one conference, 12 teams straight down the line, it would have been the two best teams, Texas A&M and Alabama. Well, let me let me, let me me throw a wrench in here because, honestly, don't get me wrong, the loss to LSU, straight bullshit. Facts. Straight bullshit. They play like shit. But the only team in the SEC that would have competed with Alabama is a team that played against them, and that was Florida. Oh, I, don't, I don't disagree 100%. with you. Because if you put Florida against Texas A&M, Florida's taking them just because – You think they're going to – I mean, Trask, Florida was – Trask is just – Trask is, to me – the 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 leading you know the the leading competitor for for the Heisman, which he we're gonna have to, more, we gotta get he has into eleven that. more touchdowns than any other QB. I just my my thing is, right now. my thing is that I agree with you. I mean, for, the Florida Alabama game was an amazing game. I think it would have. I think it was a better matchup than Texas A and M and Alabama. But if you're gonna put the two best records in the in the SEC championship, then it should have been A and M. But that's the whole thing. We're we're talking about teams as in 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 general because if you're gonna put Cincinnati because they're they're seven and0 or eight and0 however they ended the season Cincinnati doesn't compete with half the teams that have two losses I think I don't know who they're gonna play in the in the bowl game but I'm excited to see who they play because I'm ready I mean, to watch too, them I, I would I would love to see them go up against one of these like top dogs like Texas am I think or, it's, I think or somebody I, like that but I think they're, five and they're six gonna be shown they're gonna be shown up yeah, I, th- like, I well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're up. gonna, I don't think they're gonna be shown up, but I think we're gonna see the five-six matchup in the bowl game, A and M versus Oklahoma. We're probably gonna end up. I think, I think they kept uh, Florida at seven with that loss. Yeah, I think so. I th- I'm, I'm okay with seeing Florida Sensi, and you know what? That's gonna be a really good game. But if that's what it is, I think you're right. I think Florida's gonna, I think out, Florida can outplay Cincinnati because of Kyle Trask and Pitts. Kyle Trask is really good. Pitts is really good. Their coach, they have a better coaching system. Mullins is, is one of the best coaches in, in, in college football. And I'm not even just being a homer just because I love Florida as a state in general, and I love all Florida teams. Except FSU. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Um, but in, in general, just they're just, the SEC just has so many players, man. Fair. It's and every it's fair. year there is, what, like 20 to 30 players going in the first two rounds from the SEC. Hey, it's it's a it's it's fair, you know. I, I'm, I see it. I'm with you. And just, and I'm my last take on the playoffs before we get into Heisman talk. Are we doing uh, Heisman talk today? I think so. I feel like are we? I feel like hey, we need to speak well, about hey, it a little it, bit. We can. Let's go. Let's go. We it's can been go. brought up. It's been brought. It's up. been That's brought up. We can't wait till next week. I get it. You know. Can't wait. Go ahead and week. say your statement. Say your statement. Let's get it over with. Let's All right. Ohio, Ohio State gets blown out of the water. Uh, Notre Dame gets shown up. Alabama wins it all. That was just just a uh, bold prediction. Uh, um, right. Quick bold prediction but, for Maxwell too. All right, like I'm agreeing with Mike. I think Alabama, you know, takes all just because of who we have in these matchups. Like I said, if, if they were a little bit different, if you put you know Florida in there, then we could possibly see an upset. You know, something crazy like that. But with the way it is, I think you know, I think Alabama's taking home another title. You know, I I think that. Uh, for a reason, Nick Saban put Oak or Ohio State as the number five team in his coaches' poll and put AM at four. Uh, 
I'm and Dabo Sweeney put Ohio State at 11 uh, in his coaches poll. I think it's going to be a blowout. Clemson's going to win that game. I think Bama's going to blow out Notre Dame. I shouldn't say blowout for uh, Clemson, but they're going to win that game. And then when in doubt, trust talent. And I think Trevor Lawrence is the most talented player on that field. Clemson's going to win it all. You you said it in the, the last segment. Ohio State was doing something to Clemson last year, and that was they were running the ball with JK. With yeah, JK but I, also, I don't. I I promise I, you that Najee Harris will is going to run the ball like a crazy person. Have Clemson fun with Skalski. That's all I gotta say. Have fun with Skalski. Well, and and going and that can bring us into the Heisman talks because of the way Bama has been playing. Um, I don't know if anyone saw this, but as of uh, yesterday the Heisman odds were updated with three out of the top five being Alabama players. Um, Devonta Smith. Um, Najee yeah. Harris and Mac Jones. Mac Jones, who we've seen and, you know, we've heard about all season. And then Najee Harris. I mean, five touchdowns in the game last week. Can you say, can you say his name one more time? No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to even <laughs> Just, Najee, Harris. Harris. Najee, Mr. Harris. Mr. Najee Harris. Harris. Remember that name, boys. But but you know they have Devonta Smith as as the Heisman leader right now at, at negative or at uh, minus one seventy. I mean, and then behind him is is Mac Jones, and then, and then and then eventually, Mike, you have your you have your Kyle Trask, who I feel like with you should be at that number one spot. But you know, it's Alabama. It's Alabama. There's. He's, I, I, I think he, he's gonna lose out on the Heisman because of the losses. hundred yeah, percent. It's, it's gonna be the he, losses. He, the three losses gets him. Eleven more touchdowns than any other QB, and over six hundred yards passing over any other QB. He, yeah, it, not it, just, not just that. He had forty two hundred total this season, and what is that? Eleven games. If he played a full NFL season, he could have probably had about six thousand yards. That's incredible. I'm not, I, I'm telling you right now, whoever gets Trask in the draft, if he comes out, because I think he's a junior, right? Yeah, he's he's eligible. He's eligible. So he's ineligible this year. No, no he is like, eligible. He's he is eligible. eligible this year. Yeah. Whoever gets Trask, besides Trevor Lawrence, I, and I know Justin Fields going to come out, and he's probably going to go second to to the Jets, and the Jets are going to be horrible again we'll, for a couple we'll more years. Another podcast. But but Trask, I'm telling you, that's going to be the steal of the draft, hundred percent, because he's going to go I, in like. The temporary 11th pick. See, I just think it's so funny. I think we can all agree. We've all agreed that Trevor Lawrence is the greatest quarterback prospect to come out since Peyton Manning's and and John Elway's, right? We've all agreed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's never won a Heisman. And I don't even – is he number five on that list? He's number four. <laughs> He's at least he's on the list, to be honest, because that man, he's so talented. And, and you saw, obviously, they were able to win a game and be in a very close matchup with Notre Dame when he was out with COVID. But you see how much different the game, that rematch was, how much different oh, yeah. it is with Trevor Lawrence on the field. I just, because because there's so many SEC players and, and there's all these voters from all these other conferences you're going to see a lot of the sec uh voters they're going to be split between the alabama guys and trask i think it's good i think i think it's going to happen i'm going to put my money on trevor lawrence 
I, you know what? I sound, it's like the next coming of Stafford for me. I just can't stop talking about Trevor Lawrence. I got a question for you. Did, did Andrew Luck win a, a Heisman? No, no, exactly. But, but go. he also, uh, there you go. Did Matt Stafford? No. Man, just no. accept it, bro. Just accept it. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to win it. I'm sorry. Look, I'm glad that we're all on separate sides. I'm glad that we're not agreeing with each other on all these takes right now. This is great, great stuff here, you know? This is really exactly, good players. This is a, a, 100%. Devontae Smith is a great player. Najee Harris, amazing running back, one of the best in the league right now. Uh, and then you've got Mac Jones throwing lights out. you got Kyle Trask again, like we just said. But then – we go back to the number one guy, and it's almost like LeBron getting snubbed for the MVP every year. We're just not going to see it happen for Trevor Lawrence. And and did you hear what uh, Dabu Sweeney said about Trevor Lawrence? That it would be a disservice if the Heisman committee did not pick him and attach his name to that. To the Heisman, 100%. Yeah. I'm 100% on board with that. I can't believe – I I'm a Florida State fan – but I love this guy and I agree with everything that Dabo Sweeney's saying. It is a disservice because it's supposed to go to the best player. And in f- the three years that we've seen Trevor Lawrence, he hasn't won one. That is true though. He is, he is definitely the MVP yeah. of, of, of college football, but I don't know, man. He'll, he'll, it's he'll all win. about stats and you're, you're t- well, stats. You want to talk about, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, 22 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Total 20 total. Yeah, he didn't throw that many. Just this year, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's an amazing comparison right there. That's a good touchdown to interception ratio. No, he's, he's, we've said it all year. He honestly is, but then you go and look at, then you go and look at, then you go look at Kyle Trask, who's thrown 43 touchdowns and and 46 total and only thrown how many interceptions did you just say? Or uh, only five interceptions. Five interceptions, and that's an even better ratio, yes. you know? Their his, team is, his team also isn't as good as Clemson. Well, that's and, fair. and their passer ratings are so similar. You, you you know, Trevor Lawrence is a passer or a passing percentage of 69.2% uh, percent when it comes to completions. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kyle Trask, 69.7, you know, percent yeah. of completions. That's – Let me let, – uh, I love this talk. Am I – am I – am I uh, – Converting Max to a Kyle Trask to a to a Trask fan and to a Gators like. fan. I, I no no no. Never no. I would never I would never make him a Gators fan. That in my life, I will never be a Gators fan. I think the Gators are trash, and Florida State's still the best team in Florida. Well, town. I don't care speak. what that that is that is false, and we all know. It. Yeah, <laughs> I'm loyal. Did I'm you? So, but last thing of college football before we go into our NFL topics, uh, this is not going to be one of our smoothest uh, transitions into a new topic, but did you see that they are moving the Rose Bowl to Dallas? And they don't yeah. know yet if it's going to be called the Rose Bowl. And it shouldn't. I don't know, man. I agree with, I agree with Max. I agree I don't know. with it's Max. A, it's a little bit redder in, in Texas than it is in California. Let me tell you that much. Uh, you're, taking, first off. you're taking away, like, tradition. That place you're is so grimy. Have you ever been to Pasadena? That place is grimy. That place is run down. At least you're going to be in a really nice stadium. Have you ever been to the Orange Bowl? I have been to the Orange Bowl. That's why they tore it down. You <laughs> like made out of out of out of Cuban tears, for Christ's sake. And they played so many years there. And yeah. you know, it, I I feel like yeah, it could be moved, but you're you're losing 
too much history. You don't have to get it out of of of, oh, of where it was. One of Go my back. biggest I, I one of my biggest dreams is Go. I was gonna say that one of my biggest dreams is to always be able to coach a game in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, but like dude, I I've I've driven by that place just a few months, just last month, and it was like this place is gross. It's on a lockdown. They're not gonna allow that. They're not gonna allow any uh, players' families at the game. At least in Texas, they're gonna be allowed to. I think you can still technically kind of. It's not gonna have the same feel, obviously, but I think technically you can still call it the Rose Bowl. It's kind of just like a neutral site Rose Bowl game. No, because well, I- and the reason for me you can't call it the Rose Bowl is because even though you can say whatever you want about Pasadena, it's grimy, it's this, it's that, the name Rose Bowl is tattooed on that stadium. To take it out of that stadium and move it somewhere else, even even though it's just for this year, you don't call it the Rose Bowl. Because like Mike said, you're losing history, you're losing this, you're losing that. Call it something else for just this year. I don't have a problem with changing the name for just a year because guess what? The history to me in in Pasadena is way more important then you know keeping that name and going and going to Dallas. So uh, so then the Miami in Miami when they changed the Orange Bowl location from the real Orange Bowl to Dolphin Stadium and they pro kept player. the name pro player pro player call it by its a real name pro player pro player stadium well it Thank was you. Dolphin Thank Stadium you. at the time it was Dolphin Stadium at the time um you know there there's that transition that happened Joe Robbie Stadium Joe really Robbie okay if we're going to get technical <laughs> But and I, I I see your point. I, I agree with you at the same time, you know. But I I look. I first of all, I'm I'm with Max on this. I feel like you're taking away you're taking away that part of what makes the Rose Bowl the Rose Bowl. And the only reason I say this funny story, and I'll try to keep it short. I went to uh to go see UM versus Florida last year at a what was it a camping ground or world oh, something and, uh, camping ground in Orlando yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in Orlando. And do you want to talk about grimy? You're talking about a shithole stadium. It, it's worse than like a high school stadium. You're sitting on like these concrete bleachers, not including the neighborhood it's in is rough to say okay, the least. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take a trip to Pasadena, all of us together, but and I'll show you what, that, what that, I'm trying, that what that's I'm trying probably to say a little bit better. That stadium still hosts a bowl game. Yeah. And and it will continue to host a bowl game, even though it's grimy and it, and and the bathrooms are, are 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 crap and the neighborhoods are are not welcoming. Let's just say that. And so it, we're just you're just taking away history. I I don't. If so, you're gonna move it, so we're, just move it to another stadium within the city limits uh, at least, it, so you can you be like, yeah, you can't. The Rose Bowl is still here. You can't do that just because of all the all the restrictions going on. But I. Well, I know, so what I you're saying right is I'm so what you're saying general, is though that. We have to cancel the Rose Bowl this year for the first time in 80, 80 to 100 years. You're not, you're not canceling it, though. You're, you're just renaming that bowl for one year. And, Mike, I have to disagree with you because whether you take it to Dallas or whether That's, you take it to another stadium, the, it's Rose, not the Rose Bowl, Bowl. Is not in the Rose Bowl is not. But, then, but it's the same thing with, it was the same thing with the Orange Bowl. And the only reason I say it is I went to an Orange Bowl game and I went to an Orange Bowl game in, in, in pro player. The way that I, I, I see this is this year, it's not in California. Let's say the Rose Bowl next year is back in California, COVID's over, and they're like, hey, we can move this to, you know, a, a better stadium 20 miles away from where it is in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Get me? 
Like, let's say they just want to move it 20 miles away. Well, that, I wouldn't say let's rename it because it was moved 20 miles away to a better stadium. I'm just saying taking it out of there where the historic, like where the history is, is where you're, you're moving. I, and if you move it to Dallas, you could still call it like something like, like, like just market it differently. Don't just say it's the Rose Bowl. Be like the 21, you know, the, the 20, 2021, you know, COVID bowl, you know, uh, AKA <laughs> right. the Rose Bowl or some nonsense like that. Get me? I got, like, I got, I got, I'm going to say my final thoughts and then I'll let you guys clo- close out the uh, college football segment. But you, the whole point of them not playing in the Rose Bowl is just because that they're not allowing family to go to the game. Yeah. So moving it 20 miles isn't going to change that, that, that decision because they're still in the same County. It's the LA County that's year, causing I, it. I, it's, it's this, yeah, I get it. I get but, it. I get but it. Now you're saying, year. but then, and then to an- say, the answer Max's point of, you know, just rename it to something else this year. Um, it's you're you're not using the Rose Bowl name. So if you don't use the Rose Bowl name, you've canceled the Rose Bowl this season. That's what I'm saying in the Bulls. That's why all I have call to it say. Like, I mean, why I mean, not call it like the college? Uh, let, let me let me just say this real quick to this to this thing. Why not call it like you know? And and again, there's going to be an asterisk to it either way it goes. Because if it was hey, it was the Rose Bowl in Dallas asterisk, or if it's the the nacho cheese bowl, you know, brought to you by the Rose Bowl or something like that. There's going to be an asterisk next to it. I think this year is the right year to be like, hey, we're not playing there. Let's not call it the Rose Bowl. Let's just call it something else because of COVID. And then next year, be able to play, you know, play how you want to do it. Um, I think Max kind of hit it on the spot. Like, just, just leave it up to marketing to just create another name or another branding behind it and you're still not losing out the importance of that bowl i mean and and regardless just for this year we can we can go hours and hours in circle of what we think is right and what we think is wrong when it comes to this but but at the end of the day you have you know some of the greatest players in college football matching up at these games and and that's what you know brings us into our next segment is you know how these players are going to develop when they go, you know, to that next level. And, and that next level is the NFL. Um, and this week we saw a bunch of things, um, including the Jets winning, uh, which actually screwed them in the long run. Um, and, and they lost Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. Uh, well, do you- we don't know if they technically lost him yet. Jacksonville could still win another game. Jacksonville can and still the, win another game. The Jets can still win another game too. The Jets can still win another <laughs> like game too. But like But at this point I think they're both they're both racing to the loss. Like like who is more at this point? I mean, that's where I would be aiming, honestly. If if I'm a Jets fan, I'm happy that we don't have the number one pick anymore. I think it's gonna it's gonna hurt your chances on getting a head coach because your head coach isn't gonna and your new GM aren't gonna be able to choose their their future. They're gonna get Sam Darnold. Um, most likely, but I think in the long run, you're going to be better off because you're going to get a bunch of talent around Sam Darnold. And you're going to, if you can get an actual head coach who can develop you're, a quarterback, it's going to be a lot better for you're them. You're a crazy person. You're a crazy person. <laughs> How do you not want that? Like, don't get me wrong. Even if you don't go with Trevor, I'm not, Lawrence, even if like you have the first pick in the draft, there's at least five teams that need a Trevor Lawrence esque player. You could trade back for so many picks for Trevor Lawrence. Like, you want the first pick in the draft if you're the Jets. 
if you you're going to keep Trevor Lawrence, you're not getting Listen, I think, it's, I think it's a win-win for them. I think if they get the first pick, they get Trevor Lawrence. Congratulations. You no, even if they you. don't need Trevor Lawrence, they're, maybe they're, they're, they're sucking on the, on the Sam Darnold freaking wiener train, and they really love this kid, and I think he has talent. Uh, yeah. Why? Would you not want that? Like you think about it, it was what happened with Atlanta when they were, when they traded away like three first round picks for uh, for Julio Jones. You're gonna get even more this year. The fact that you could be like, hey, who wants Trevor Lawrence? The imagine, Jaguars might even at, at, imagine, at, the second, at the second pick might be like, yeah, I'll take it, and well, might trade up like three first round picks for him. And, and but what I'm saying is is at the end of the day, there's there's so many teams that need. Like you said, a Trevor Lawrence-esque player. You have the Broncos. You have the Pats. You even have the Colts because guess what? Phillip Rivers, what is he done after this year? What is he, what is he trying to do? He has nine kids. Probably. I don't know where he's at, but you have all these teams. I think you're have, wrong. What do you mean? You think I'm wrong? No, and, and you have Chicago. Look, you, you have Chicago. You have, there's, there's endless um, amounts of teams. I think there's – see, you're, you're looking at teams and, and you're putting a guy like Trevor Lawrence in, but there's a lot of teams that are in a more of a – when now we can take a veteran and have and, and sign him to a longer term contract to go win like a Chicago team who can go trade and go get a Matt Ryan or a Matt Stafford. You've got teams like the Broncos who they're going to stick with Drew Locke for another two years. You've you got a team like Jacksonville who needs a Trevor Lawrence-esque player. So you're, you're telling me that if, if Denver somehow ends up as the first pick in the draft, they're not going to take Trevor Lawrence. Are you kidding no, they're me? Gonna take Trevor. Yeah, Drew Lock. Drew, yeah, they're Drew Lock. Think about no Drew Lock. They're, they're tired of hearing Drew Lock's mom speak for him, and why he got COVID. Yeah. There's, like I said, there's a bunch of. He didn't teams. even get COVID. Whatever COVID list. At the end of the day, like I said, there's a bunch of teams that are going to need Trevor, a Trevor Lawrence s player, and when they don't get them, guess who they're going to get? Someone who's going to be on the trading block, and that's Carson Wentz. Who do you who do you have who do you have as your people going to get Carson Wentz? Because you know Jalen's starting now for the rest Nobody. of the season. Nobody. No. Carson Wentz. I, I think I think, I think Carson, Carson Wentz is a is a is a cancer on any team. I think at this point. Well, it's yeah. it's because he's injury prone. But I still think that you're going to have the teams like the Broncos, the Pats, yeah. and the Colts going to get someone like Carson Wentz. Because I think I think Carson Wentz's biggest problem is not necessarily his talent or the talent surrounding him, or the fact that he's injured, it's his lack of leadership. Because we've seen Jalen Hurts with the same exact team put up 40s or uh, 26 points, throw three touchdowns, and run one in. Because, yeah, no, I was scared. I was scared the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's, it's a leadership thing. It's not, a, it's not necessarily anything else. Jalen Hurts is able to get those players on the Eagles to play for him. Carson Wentz is not playing well because of his poor leadership. He does not have that locker room. Jalen Hurts does. I think. I don't I think, think. I don't think Wentz I think can go just, anywhere and win it. I well, I just think you hit it on the on the on the head there. He doesn't have the locker room. I think he's fine. I think he has talent. I think he he could definitely um, you know lead into you know lead a team into the playoffs again like he did earlier in his career. I just think he lost the locker room. I feel like the Eagles wanted him out. Like the whole team wanted him out. And it just, it makes sense to get rid of him. Why not get rid of him, trade him for a second round pick, um, or maybe even maybe even multiple picks. You, you might be able to get two, three picks. You might be able to get two or three picks out of Indianapolis, a team who's ready to win right now. That's why they went and got Phillip Rivers. And, and speaking of Indianapolis, you know, they're 10 and four right now. They're in the playoff hunt. 
and, and we've got Cleveland 10 and four. Another impressive win. Excuse me? I said thanks to Indy's defense. That's why they are where they're at. I, I mean, a lot of it, 95% of the season is because of Indy's defense, yes. But then there's been a few over the last couple of weeks where it's been Phillip Rivers. Or T.Y. Hilton. No, and, well, and who, throws to, who throws to T.Y. Hilton? <laughs> Phillip Rivers. So Jonathan Taylor ran for, what, 140 And Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor last week threw – yeah, exactly. And so. I, I don't know what – when you look at these – when you look at the two, three wild card teams in the AFC, you've got – Cleveland Browns, amazing running game. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You look at Indianapolis, Naheem Hines and and Jonathan Taylor. Tennessee is in the hunt. Tennessee Tennessee has the division right now. No, no. uh, Indianapolis has a tiebreaker against Tennessee. That that happened over the weekend? Indy has, because they have the same record, Indy's in in the division lead and then I'm a, Tennessee I'm a, is in the. I'm gonna tell you that that's. I'm pretty not, sure. I'm gonna tell you that that's wow. not accurate. Wow! If that if the, if true if true they have the same record. I'm wow. pretty sure it is. I know they have the same record, but I but Indy does not have yeah Indy does not have the tiebreaker over Tennessee. Tennessee has the tiebreaker. They they're the ones who are gonna get wow. a home game. Wow. Indianapolis is in the in the wild card game. Another, but like I was saying, a great running back group, and then you look at Miami. Miles Gaskin, very good backup. Salvan, uh, Salvan Ahmed, a guy who came out of nowhere who's producing for us. But we don't have a running game in Miami. And then you look at the next team up, and it's Baltimore with a really good running game. And it's running games are going to get get you into this into the into the playoffs in the AFC. And Miami doesn't have one. All right, you know you know what wins championships, Landers. Defenses win championships. I know exactly. that. But, and but who, has, know, who has the best defenses out what, of all those teams? But what, who has but the what, best defenses out of all those teams? Indy. I'm going to go with Miami. What? Going with Miami. Best defense out of all those Miami, teams. Miami's had the best defense over the last six games. And arguably the whole season, to be honest. They they literally picked off the, 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 the reigning MVP as well as one of the greatest QBs that we've ever seen three times twice and no well it was a three times it was three they, times they picked him off three times and made him fumble one and he's it's only thrown two Xavier interceptions Howard, prior take away Xavier Howard and you guys are in trouble you have Byron Jones still on the other end still have another shutdown corner baby okay but, okay who's the major I'm not including not including freaking how it plays though it's Xavier Howard yeah, he's got he's got he, the most he, interceptions in the league right now, hundred percent. But you could say that but, about most defense. But if Xavier Howard's not playing, then you're putting Byron Jones in that situation. He does the same thing. I mean, I don't not know. including you're talking you're talking about two, uh, two leading Shutdowns. rushers, two leading rushers in uh, Ogba and Shaq Lawson. Ogba with like eleven sacks and Shaq Lawson with nine sacks. Yeah, yeah. I, you're talking I, about it's their, not, their, it's, their their biggest fault is safeties and eric rowe has been pretty freaking good as a safety this year we've yeah it's 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 incredible how the dolphins have been able to turn corners into safeties and i think that's why our cover zero and our cover one work uh so well against everybody but again and i know defenses win championships i'm a defensive guy i get it every every single one of these teams in the hunt including baltimore and las vegas they have defenses las vegas not as much but they all have a running game and running games also play a huge factor, especially when it comes playoff time, running backs 
play a huge factor. That's why we saw Tennessee make that deep run last year. And that's why I think Pittsburgh is going to be one of those teams that we're going to just go like, we're going to be shocked that they lose in the playoff because, but they don't have a running game, but I don't think, but I think that because Miami doesn't have the running game right now is going to be the reason why we don't make it. And, and I'm going to do that though. And, and to go off that, I hope, I hope, I hope, I'm sorry, before I, before you go, Max, I, I hope that, I hope that they do because of obviously a Dolphins fan, uh, but if one team has to come out for Baltimore, I think it's Miami. Okay. Okay. But with that being said, like you said, there's a, there's a lot of great teams out there, a lot of great defenses. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the road to the championship. And, and that brings us into our lawn chair sports fantasy football league. Um, the, uh, the underdog has made it. Um, Michael Ortega has made the championship after beating uh, – Staff, staff knees, or whatever the hell you want to call yourself. My knees from staff. staff. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just. What's up? I was going to say, um, I just want everybody to know that I was never concerned. The moment I made it <laughs> to the playoffs, I, I, I was the hottest team coming into the playoffs. So I was never concerned. I just want everybody to know that. Um, I also want to know uh, how it feels, Landers, to lose to me twice this season. Um, yeah, I, I took away nice. your undefeated and then and then destroyed you in the playoffs. Mister, I want to talk shit. It ain't great. It ain't great. I think I. You know what? It, it wasn't great losing to you. You still have to beat my other team uh, to start off. But uh, I think that the way that we were talking, we we talked shit, but we were giving each other advice that whole game or prior to the game. Oh, I know starting, you wanted to start it. Stafford, and I, I wanted. Like, I was. I was contemplating starting Stafford. I was. I was, and I'm so glad that I didn't. Uh, because of that but i just gotta say good luck against Allie. uh both of us surprisingly ironically this my me my team and my teammate both scored 152 points point six two, the exact same score yeah and and i How often did that ever fucking happen she she made me eat my words i knew it was probably gonna happen but i had to you know put on that front Allie Pruitt, congratulations! You beat the shit talker of the year, I guess, in this league. I was talking so much. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna put that on a. I'm gonna put that on a, on a trophy and give it to you. I mean, I mean, hey, shit talker of the year. And, and, and to be real, our game's not technically over yet. But with the looks of it, you know, 152 to 115, and I only have Juju in with negative. Point six points. Uh, you know, I'm Dude, just. I'm telling you right like, now, people are out for Juju's blood, so I don't think yeah, he's gonna fucked. get you those forty. You points. are fucked. Dude, he hey, needs to but, get off TikTok. He needs to get off TikTok and get yeah, his. Stop dancing on. Stop dancing on logos, bro. Exactly. Hey, get your shit. To, you got your team's got to get your shit together before you can start but doing that on, again. On Max's defense, if I put up 192 points, I would be talking shit too, though. Facts. Facts. 192 points in this league is not easy. It's hard to come by. It's really hard to come by for sure. Um, And and just because we're on the fantasy talk, uh, we're getting this fantasy basketball league started, right? Uh, I believe so. So if you are – Send the invites again. I'll send the invites again. If you are a fan and you're listening and you want to join in, please DM us on Instagram, your email, and we'll get you the invite sent over if you're one of the lucky few chosen uh, because we do need a couple spots filled. Um, but you know, our time, our time has ran out. So welcome to, uh, or thank you for listening to uh, our episode five <laughs> of Chair Sports. And, uh, Real make sports. Sure, make sure, make, yeah, the first episode, the first episode, we actually talk sports 24 um, seven. That should be the episode name, Real Sports. Real Sports. With uh, launches. Sure, 
Make sure you subscribe, you know, rate us five stars, tell your friends and follow us on IG and Facebook um, at Lawn Chair Sports. Um, and stay tuned for, for our episode next week. But everyone, I hope you have a happy holidays. And Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Broke down all gas, no brakes with a dope sound. Do this shit in one take. What's the...